Parent Devoted. I am your host, Michelle, and I am so glad you are here. I appreciate you. This week's episode is for the week of June 14th. Oh my gosh, we're already in the middle of June. I do not know how this is happening. It's going by so fast. But this week we have a lot to talk about. So first we're going to touch on some housekeeping items and then I want to give an update on some of the information that we're getting around the phased opening of the Disneyland Resort. And then we'll continue our discussion on the lands within Disneyland and this week's episode is on Critter Country. So first, let's just touch on a little housekeeping. I just want to remind you that you can find me on different social media sites, Facebook and Instagram, plus Patreon, and then now a website all under Disneyland Devoted. I'll have all the links down in the show description so you can just easily navigate there. Um, In addition, On those sites, like on Facebook, I posted a question that relates to today's topic around the opening of Downtown Disney. I'd love to get your thoughts there. And then on the website, I have a section called Let's Have Some Fun. And there's some polls in there, just some fun polls to see how people feel about different attractions and the resorts and things like that but it's just a way for me to be able to interact with you on a different level so take the time if you would and just go out there and check one of those sites out and you know engage in some way I'd love to have the opportunity to engage with you and then also as a reminder I'm always looking for listener stories listener experiences I'd love to hear about a magical fun experience that you had at the Disneyland Resort Um, no matter how big or small I love to hear about it it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy because that's my favorite subject right and to have us relate on that level just makes me really happy and you can do that by dropping me an email and that email is also linked in the description but it's michelle at disneylanddevoted.com so please drop me a line and there's also a link to do that within the website as well so with that let's talk about some updates from disneyland so here's what we know so far we know that they're doing a phased reopening starting july so on disney's website it says the downtown disney district will begin opening on july 9th pending state and local government approvals then the Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure Park will plan to reopen on July 17th, and the Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa and Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel will plan to reopen on July 23rd. So I'm going to break this down a little bit. So Downtown Disney, which is the shopping and dining district, is going to open on July 9th, and it says it will begin, so I have to assume that it's not going to be this you know switch is flipped for July 9th and then everything's open it's probably going to have a few things here and there and then gradually you know open all the shops and dining and then the theme parks are opening on July 17th and that is no coincidence because July 17th is the day that Disneyland opened up way back in 1955 so that worked out well 
And then the Grand Californian and the Paradise Pier Hotel opens on the 23rd. What I don't see in here is any mention of the Disneyland Resort. I don't know if that's just an oversight or if it's not set to be open. I find that to be very interesting. I hope we find out more about that. But let's talk about Downtown Disney. What I like about it opening first is I find that to be a very safe place to go and like dip your toes in the Disney water to see what this is going to be like. Because if you've been to Downtown Disney, you know that it's, you know, a, a, it's a lot of different shops and dining. It's a lot of um, cool places to sit and lots of landscaping and a lot going on there. They have entertainment sometimes like singing and bands and things like that. And then they have a lot of shops and dining and a lot of dining is outdoor dining there. So that's kind of a safe thing too, right? Where you're not feeling so confined inside a building. Now, some of the shops are small, so I think that's going to be a challenge. Um, and then like the World of Disney, which is their, you know, flagship giant store there. I mean, that is one of my favorite places to shop for merchandise because if you're looking for something specific or you're looking for something you don't even know that you want yet, you're going to find in that store. I imagine they're going to follow probably some of the things we'll see in grocery stores where they have like tape to kind of space you off and arrows on how to navigate the store, things like that, I'm just assuming, plus limited number of people in that store because it can be really crowded. Um, but I find it to be a safe place to kind of check things out. Uh, the, the question I posed on the Facebook, um, on my Facebook page was, if you were in the area, would you go to downtown Disney on July 9th? And I can answer that question by saying I would. Um, I'm not sure about July 9th just because I feel it might be really crowded, but definitely around that area because I feel like you could be in control of what you want to do. Like you you could walk, you know, you could avoid people by walking around. You could pick and choose the stores or the dining that you want to visit. Um, and you can still get that Disney vibe. And I know that's what I am really looking forward to. So it would give me an opportunity to kind of get a little bit of that and and feel that magic in a, in a small but yet existent manner. So I would be really excited to do that. Um, and then I'd also want to see the crowds and, and how's it looking and, you know, is there a lot of people that want to do this or whatnot. What I find interesting is that the resorts are not going to open until after the theme parks open. So July 9th is Downtown Disney. July 17th are the two theme parks. July 23rd are the two of the three resorts. So what I like about that is you don't have to stay on property to be able to get into the parks. Now, what I know from reading other stories and other articles that they are looking to do that reservation system where you have to make a reservation to get into the theme parks. Don't know the platform yet, but I'm assuming it's in the app. Don't have a lot of details around that yet, but I, I believe that's coming. Um, I also know that they will not uh, be having opening up any ticket sales so you have to have already had an annual pass or a ticket you know because you can buy tickets and they don't expire for a very long time so 
you have to already have an existing ticket to make a reservation. They are not going to be selling new tickets or annual passes or anything like that. So if you fit into that window, this may be a good option for you. We also know that it's going to be reduced capacity. Don't know what that means, but like, I mean, I know what that means. I mean, I know they're not going to let you know, as many people in just don't know, you know, what's the number like before they let in 100,000 and now they're going to let in 50,000. I mean, I don't really know what that means, but it's supposed to be reduced. So this could be a really enjoyable visit to the theme parks, right? Because it's not as crowded. Um, I'm hearing requirements of wearing masks, um, which that's probably not a big surprise. I know that's a touchy subject for some, but that is uh, what it's leaning to be a requirement to get into uh, it, the parks. Not sure about downtown Disney. I assume it could be that way. I'm not sure. Um, and then also, you know, they have added safety precautions and clean, you know, cleaning and wiping down attractions after each use and things like that. So I know they're, you know, trying to do all of those things. So it should be a very interesting phased approach as they bring the parks back up and then the resorts after that. I'm still kind of shocked by that a little bit. So you have to kind of be either in the area, meaning like you live in the area or stay somewhere else, not on property. But, you know, they have to do something. They have to start somewhere. And I can only imagine the countless conference calls that have happened to really try to come up with the best approach that takes all these guidelines into effect and safety and allows them to start you know opening up again i mean this is this is a huge huge hit to them financially i heard somewhere before don't quote me i, I didn't you know hear this directly from anybody from disney but i heard it's like 40 percent of their income like disney as a corporation is through theme parks i mean that's a pretty big hit so i like that they're not rushing i like that they're phasing into this and i like that they're actually moving forward so i'm super anxious to see how that plays out i want to know what's going on with the disneyland hotel I want to watch this unfold. I'm not going to Disneyland in July. Um, I'm not a big fan of going there in the summer. It's really hot. It's hotter than I give it credit for. It has more humidity than I give it credit for. Um, being in the Phoenix area, it's very dry heat and Anaheim is not a dry heat. And I find that that area right there is like a pocket of hot. And so um, we would go there in the summer when we lived close by, but just like until the like midday and then it gets a little warm. Plus I'm just kind of wanting to see them work out the kinks a little bit. I want to understand the process, the reservation system, what's working, what's not working. I like to do my research. I want to hear what others are experiencing so that I can go in there fully prepared to get the most out of that. So I'll watch it, maybe go in August. I'm kind of aiming towards that to get out there and experience that. But who knows, that can change. I'll keep you posted. From a mask perspective, I just want to just throw out a suggestion. I'd heard about this. Um, I know I listened to some other podcasts and videos for Disney World. I stay very um, close to that as well because I want to know what they're doing over there. And so I heard some really good suggestions for masks. So obviously, if you have a small child, it's going to be difficult to 
you know, explain the need to have to wear a mask in there and, you know, they're going to want to take it off, but they can't. And I do think I um, understand there's going to have areas where you can take your mask off, maybe some safe zones, but nonetheless, for a small child, that may be challenging. And I heard some parents give some suggestions, so I'm going to pass these on to you. Some things were to start practicing now before you go, like as you're doing something around the house, you do an activity, you do something, you go to the store, you go to the park, you go somewhere with them where they have to wear a mask and you make a game out of it or you just really are trying to get them used to that in small doses so that the first time they're, you know, have to wear a mask, it's not that day. So I thought that was a good suggestion. Another one was, you know, give them a couple masks to choose from so they feel like they have a choice. Disney's going to be selling some masks, so maybe allow them to pick one out. I mean, just some other tips. You might already be experiencing this because, you know, in your local community, there may be things that you have to or want to do and you have to wear a mask and so does your child. But if you haven't experienced it, there's a suggestion for you. Just a few tips maybe to make it a little, a little bit better. So there are my updates as I hear and read more. I will definitely keep you updated on my weekly podcast. So now I am going to move into talking about Critter Country. I love Critter Country. So this is by far one of the smallest lands on Disneyland. It is so small. It only has a few attractions, dining, shopping. It's just a very small little piece of the Disneyland Resort, but it packs a punch. And some of my favorite things are in Critter Country. So let's put it in the map. Let's see where it's at. So if you are at the hub, again, that's through the main gates, up Main Street into that center area where Walt and Mickey are holding hands. And that is the center of the spoke, the center of the wheel with the spokes that go off to the different areas. Critter Country is going to be on your left and you have to go through a few other lands to get there. So you could go through Adventureland, then New Orleans Square, and then you'll reach Critter Country. Or you could go through Frontierland, hang a left, go through New Orleans Square, and then you'll be in Critter Country. And the best way to know that you're there is Splash Mountain is the beginning of Critter Country from an attraction perspective that way. Another way to get to Critter Country is through Galaxy's Edge. So if you went through Fantasyland and hang a left, you went by Frontierland over by Big Thunder and then took a right into Galaxy's Edge, went through Galaxy's Edge, you'd come out on the other side which is Critter Country. That's kind of a long way to go around, but it's certainly a way. Or you went through Frontierland, you hung a right, you got to Big Thunder Railroad, and then you turned a left into Galaxy's Edge. And again, you went that way and ended up in Critter Country at the other end. Because it has to go around Rivers of America. It's on the other side. So however you want to do it, I would go through Adventureland, New Orleans Square, and then over to Critter Country. And like I said, the very first attraction there is Splash Mountain. And that's how you can see the theming changing quite dramatically. You go from the Gothic 
mansion look with the bars and the white and the columns and the shutters and the eerie looking uh, effect to the mountain looking effect, which is Splash Mountain. And Splash Mountain is without a doubt one of the best attractions in all of Disneyland Resort, especially if you like log rides and dropping. Plus, it has a very interesting theme inside. It's got it's got theming, it's got music, it's got these things going on. It's like an attraction within an attraction before the big plunge and after the big plunge, which I really like. I like that once you do that big moment of dropping, then it's still got something to offer. I just think that's so cool. And I've counted. And the drop is like three seconds. So it's just, oh, I just love Splash Mountain. Um, okay, so the other thing about Splash Mountain, I know I've mentioned this in other episodes, but I want to be sure to say it here too, is that is, besides being a very popular attraction, especially during the hot summer months, so when this um, opens back up on July 17th, this is going to be one of those popular attractions. Assuming it's open, Assuming all things are equal and there's, you know, safety precautions in there, whatnot, and you can ride it, I can only imagine that, and I'm totally speculating here, but it's already a crowded attraction, has long wait times, so if they're going to limit how many people can get into a log at a time, like right now I think there's five or six slots if they're going to like cut that in half, it's going to take even longer to get through this attraction. It was a fast pass attraction. I don't know what's going to happen when it opens back up originally um, or at on the 17th or whenever that ride comes back up. So be watching for that. But it also had a singer. Oh my gosh, I can't speak a single rider line and that is critical because you can walk right on and that is something that I don't know of course if that will be what will happen when it comes back up but let's just assume that eventually it levels out and it's kind of back to normal you want to utilize that line if you are okay with not riding with your party. So I use it a lot because my husband and daughter don't like Splash Mountain. And if we're, if it's just the three of us there, I really enjoy it and I don't wanna miss it every time. So I will use the single rider line and I get on super fast, so fast that I can go on that attraction while they go on the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is the other attraction there in Critter Country and so it can go really really fast and the thing about Critter Country is it's so tucked in way back on that side of the park and you know with Galaxy's Edge being like a, a way to enter and exit over there it may be um, a little uh, may drive a little more traffic or be a little more convenient but I know a lot of people don't always go back all the way back like yes they go to Splash Mountain and the entrance to Splash Mountain forces you to get really far back there but there's some other really cool stuff in there and we love to go to Critter Country we just love it in there it is pretty congested because you get to a spot where when you're going to the um to get on to Splash Mountain or Winnie the Pooh 
there's like there's no exit back there. You have to walk back there, do what you're gonna do, and then you have to walk back the same way. So it gets a little congested. Um, okay, so the other thing that's back there um, from an attraction perspective is the Davy Crockett canoes. And that was one of those things where I wasn't sure if that was in Frontierland considered frontier land or if it was considered critter country and i think it's critter country because you have to get in the canoes um load them from like right in front of splash mountain i personally have never been on the canoes and it looks like so much fun and i am going to put that on my bucket list i definitely want to check that out you're on the water it's, it looks like a nice little workout i've heard that before I definitely want to check that out. Plus, the Rivers of America is so pretty in there. So I definitely got to put that on my list. But I absolutely love watching them go by. And more than one time, we have been called out to from the cast member that's leading the canoe, like either commenting on my husband's hat or saying something funny to us or just waving to us or something it's like a lot there it seems like it's very interactive and a lot of fun so those are really the only three attractions in critter country splash mountain mini adventures of winnie the pooh and davy crockett canoes the canoes are not always running so that one's kind of hit or miss you definitely want to check the website to see if it's going to be up when you go for your visit. I think it, you know, the weather, the time of year, all those things are a factor, but those look like a lot of fun. Uh, when it comes to dining, there's only a couple of options there as well. So the the big one is Hungry Bear Restaurant, and by, and by big, I mean it is really big. The lodge looking feel, the cabin looking feel that that restaurant has is really cool. It has, like you walk upstairs or a ramp to get to like the counters where you order the food. And then it's like this really large dining area right there. And then it goes around the corner and it's right up against the rivers of America. It's a beautiful place to sit and eat. It doesn't have 100% um, shaded areas. It has a lot of tables with umbrellas and then right by where you order food, there's a lot of places that are covered by like a patio, but there are a fair amount that aren't covered at all. So it gets a little congested in that way. And then also down below on the lower level is more seating, which is covered and the restroom is right there for Critter Country. So you definitely want to check that out and it's on that path right in front of the restaurant hungry bear that you take over to galaxy's edge so it used to be you'd go down this path hungry bear restaurant was on your left you'd go to the restroom down there and then you really didn't have a reason to go any further now you do to get to galaxy's edge that's how you would get there um, it's got some great barbecue options it's a really nice menu it's a very approachable menu in that there's hamburgers and salads and things like that for children um, and it has just a lot of like I said barbecue options like pulled pork and things like that which um, are really delicious it's just a really safe place to eat and it's a really popular place to sit over there to find a spot to you know take your take the weight off your feet for a moment but it also is one of the two dining options for Fantasmic. So this is called on the go dining. So 
Blue Bayou is the other option. And what this is, is where you you pay a fixed price, and it varies whether you're doing Blue Bayou or Hungry Bear. And then you get a, a menu to choose from, and then by paying that price, then you get uh, some preferred viewing of Fantasmic. So I don't know when Fantasmic is coming up, but let's just assume all things are equal. This is a more affordable option to have something to eat and then get some preferred viewing for Fantasmic, which can be otherwise a little mm, not fun because it's so popular and the area around Rivers of America is kind of wide. There's no soft place to sit. It doesn't matter if you, you know, spend the extra money to do Blue Bayou. It's not like you have cushioned seats. You end up sitting, you know, straight on the ground or standing, but you have to be kind of in the back. So anyways, this is an affordable option. Here's my only challenge with this option and why I've never done this one and why I would spend the extra for Blue Bayou is I don't find the kid menu options in this prefix selection to be something my daughter would enjoy. I've never dug into it to say, hey, can we have A instead of B? And maybe we can, but when I just look at their offerings, like here's what you can get from a kid's perspective for the on the go, it just hasn't been appealing. And therefore, spending that extra money, because it's really gonna be above and beyond anyway than if you just were gonna go grab something, Spending that extra money is not worth it to me if she can't or doesn't like the offerings. Where Blue Bayou is a slam dunk guaranteed. Not only does she always like what she can get there, she loves the atmosphere. So to me, that's worth it. And that's a win-win. You get this delicious dinner and then you get to watch Fantasmic. So, I mean, that's a personal preference. You, you know, you got to do whatever works for you. That's just been my experience. So anyways... Hungry Bear Restaurant is one of the options that uh, that on-the-go dining is what if you were to search on the website for what's available in Critter Country, that would come up. But the third choice, and those are really like one and a half, one and the same, is Harbor Galley. And that's the little shack, like the little fisherman shack that's right there in front of Splash Mountain. It's really more in front of Haunted Mansion. It's kind of in between there. It You could walk past it and never even see it. But if you look to where the other ship is docked, usually the pirate ship is right there, but if the pirate ship is running, then the Mark Twain ship is docked right there. It's right next to where they dock the ship. And that is the coolest little dining area. It's deceitful. You don't realize from walking past it that there's this whole seating area back behind. Um, like it, you have to like kind of wind back behind after you order your food. There's places to sit back there. Not a ton, but there are some nice places that are in the trees. But what's really cool about it is it's right next to... The ride Splash Mountain, where once they've dropped and they're kind of continuing their path, you're in this really cool viewing area. There's like this bridge that goes over their waterway, and you can sit and watch them come down. You can watch them come around. It's like this really cool spot that I swear I didn't even know existed until one day I wanted to go and have a, a po' boy over at Harbor Galley. So here's the thing about 
that po' boy that I just had to have. You know what? I'm sorry. It's not a po' boy. It's a lobster roll. Let me take that back. I had to have the lobster roll because I heard so much about it. And that was, without a doubt, the most expensive <laughs> lobster roll or anything I've had on property for what you get. But it was so delicious. So I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. And let's see, it's $14.99 and it was this really delicious. It was packed. This roll was packed with lobster and goodness. And then you got some chips, but it was still kind of a small portion and it was $15, but I have not stopped thinking about it since the last time I had it. So it's one of those splurges but so worth it. So you go to the little like walk up window, you order your food, you kind of stand right there till you get your food. And then you look to your right and that's the walkway that kind of takes you around some of the water. And then you can sit somewhere, have your lunch and then go check out that viewing area of Splash Mountain. And then of course, Rivers of America. Love that place. There are other things too. They have soup and a sourdough, bread roll, Okay, I don't know why I'm so tongue-tied, maybe because I'm so excited. Soup in sourdough bread bowl, and the bread there is amazing. They have a tuna salad sandwich, a lobster mac and cheese in a sourdough bread bowl, which, I mean, truth behold, I'm definitely going to have to try that. I was so determined to do that lobster roll, and I've only eaten here once because I really do try to test out as much as possible, but I'm going to go check out that lobster mac and cheese, assuming they still have that. And then a shrimp salad. They have a fruit cup. They have this kids power pack, which is all over Disneyland, and I love this power pack. Parents, this is such a fun, snacky kind of meal. And I'm just going to describe describe it really quick. It includes one of those small Dannon Danimal smoothies. So it's like a little tiny smoothie drink. It has fruit. It has um, either low-fat milk or water. And then it also has like some goldfish crackers. And then um, we had like a banana in ours. And so it was like this little safe, small snacking for like younger kids, or if you just wanted to have like a variety of little healthy snacks in one package, this is such a great thing. It's called the Power Pack. And check that out. It's really in a lot of different places. And then they have beverages like a special lemonade and, and then all the other typical beverages like water, juice, tea, milk, things like that. But anyways, check out Harbor Island, I mean Harbor Calorie. I don't know. I'm so excited today that I'm like all tongue-tied, but check out Harbor Galley. Again, you walk past it. It looks like a shack. It almost doesn't even look like it's a dining, but more of a prop, but it really is. I don't think you'll be disappointed. So those are really your dining options. And then we get to the shopping. And I know this sounds so silly, but one of my favorite places on property to get snacks and I know they call it shopping but I really consider it a snack option is Pooh Corner which is right next to Winnie the Pooh's ride. 
We love this place. Yes, you can get those same exact snacks anywhere that has pastries and fun little goodies and Mickey snacks and all those things. You can get them anywhere, but there's something about that location. And I think it's because you're already back there tucked in this corner. And then there's this cute, it's really a gift shop, like has a lot of merchandise and cute merchandise and very, you know, uh, very that type that Davy Crockett feel look to it, you know, bandanas and that kind of feel to it. But then they have this case of all these delicious snacks, you know, like Rice Krispie treats and macarons and cake pops and these special big cookies or, you know, chocolate dip cookies or whatever, chocolate dip strawberries, you know, those kinds of things. And then they also have packaged things like packaged chocolate covered pretzels or regular pretzels or candies or you know just like a whole lot of like if you just walked into a candy store they have a whole bunch of items there but what we like to do is we always go to the Winnie the Pooh ride we go to Pooh Corner get ourselves some fancy treat and then you enjoy it as you're walking back out because it is a trek over there when you're coming into that area so if you're going past Splash Mountain past Hungry Bear and you're going, and I'm going to say down because it slopes down, down the hill a bit to Winnie the Pooh's Adventure or to get on Splash Mountain. And then at the very end, like where you can go no further, is Pooh's Corner. So you're like trekking back there. Then you got to trek back. So I don't know. It makes it more exciting when you have a fun, delicious, sinful snack in your hand. You just grab that and then you start making your way back out of that area. We just love it. There's also a, let me get the right name of it. It's called the Briar Patch. And that's just as you're making your way down. So it's right across the way from the entrance into Hungry Bear Restaurant. It's right up against Splash Mountain. Um, if you blink, you'll miss it. it. It doesn't really look like there's much in there because there's not. It's a very small little little like cabin like you just came across someone's little small cabin and it has like some merchandise in there it's worth just stopping in because it's kind of a cool building and it's in a cool location but like i said if you blink you'll miss it Pooh's corner is like so awesome so really those are the only things critter country has to offer but they have some of my favorite things ever i forgot to really dive into winnie the pooh so let's talk about that Winnie the Pooh is an adorable attraction. And I saw an article the other day where someone was ranking their, the, like ranking attractions at Disneyland, like best to worst. And you know, this is all subjective. Everyone has their own opinion, but they like dissed this ride. And I really didn't understand. Like sometimes, you know, you might be really attached to something and you'll hear somebody say things that aren't super flattering. And like deep down inside, you're like, hmm, yeah, I guess I can kind of see that, but I must defend my love for this. I read their feedback and I was like, I don't know that I agree with that. I think it's adorable. Number one, it is a very mild ride, right? You get in this honey spilling over car so like you're sitting into this honey car and you go through these doors that open up and then it's just kind of like a it's supposed to simulate like your 
like floating because it kind of has like an up and down motion and a mild like I don't want to give the impression that you're moving like a simulation ride or anything like that it's more of a gentle you almost don't notice that you're moving but it's kind of simulating this up and down floating effect and it has like these buzzing bees as you're going to get into the ride and then when you're exiting because you're of course around honey because that's what Pooh loves and you go through and it's it basically Pooh falls asleep and he has like a weird psychedelic dream and that's what it looks like it's got a lot of spirals going on once he's in his dream phase and it looks like you know you've you're kind of spiraling in this dream and there's not a lot of logic like dreams, you know, often do, but it's very colorful and the temperature in there is very cool. Like it's very refreshing in there and it's very vivid and it has all those Winnie the Pooh characters and sound effects and it's just a very mild, peaceful ride. It probably takes less than five minutes but it's so relaxing and just kind of like a departure. It's probably aimed towards smaller kids, but kids of all ages enjoy it. We like to go on it. It's like one of those things that we're gonna head over into that area and we're gonna hit Winnie the Pooh's ride. And then when we get off the attraction, like I already told you, we go to Pooh Corner, but many times there's a lot of Pooh characters over there. Winnie himself, Tigger, um, just like you will find so many thumper, you'll find so many characters over there and it's not super crowded because it's out of the way. So there's a lot going on in that area. So definitely check out Critter Country. Um, you know, just kind of expect to walk over there, make a commitment to get over to that section and just take in all it has to offer because there's not a lot to see. And then you can really explore for yourself and just kind of find the cool magic in that area. So I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I know it's a very small one, but I really love it. And we are getting down to the very last two lands to go through. I think it's two. We have Galaxy's Edge and Frontierland are the only two. Oh, and a Toontown, I'm sorry. So we have three left to go over. So we're gonna get, we're get, getting down here to the last of these and then we'll move on to other topics. So I wanna thank you all for joining me again. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As a reminder, please do not um, forget that in the description are the links to all of the different social media, website, all that good stuff. Um, I will be back next week. Hopefully we'll have more information about Disneyland Resort opening all the parks and the restrictions and what you can expect and more details as things unfold. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. You're staying safe and healthy and we will talk to you next time. Bye.